Now, depending on the person, right. I might even go with something like even lower. Like I might even go mm-hmm. with like, let's just do Masty at 300 and test at mm-hmm. 300. And let's just Nothing check your estrogen levels a little bit down the road. And assuming that you're in range and all that's good, because we know that there's, that, you know, Dave Crossland talks about it a lot being like more sensitivity to estrogen if you are holding mm-hmm. a lot of body fat. And I think that if we can mm-hmm. keep that all managed, then, you know, we yes. can we can almost look at that as like a TRT plus kind of thing. And we might be able to yep. run that for, you know, 16 weeks and then, oh, absolutely. Pull, you know, pull that back. I haven't done the trend thing so much, but I have worked it with another guy. That I, I kind of consider him this. He he tends to have more loose skin and has had a he mm-hmm. does get fat easier. And we have discovered that low dose trend has been has has been a really good jam. We actually this mm-hmm. this season currently right now he's using two hundred trend E. I feel like our episode with IGF was kind of it was kind of contested and well it was debated almost. There sure, did you notice sure. there were some people that were like right on board and then there were other mm-hmm. people that were like nope doesn't work at all. It's interesting to see how divided that response is. So and then so then it gets me wondering about the sourcing of the IGF cuz people that had yeah. great experiences with it seemed to really hold on that they had great experiences and they had great pumps and they and they put on muscle and it was some of the it was part of some of their best cycles they've ever run. And yeah. I would love to have that experience with it. I would love yeah. to have more tools in our arsenal. Right. I've just never had that experience with myself or other clients. And yeah. But I did. I did ask Steve because uh, vigorous Steve commented about how he got you know uh, ten free vials. I think from from Amino. He didn't vials. even say free. I was he just like, said ten vials. <laughs> sorry, he got ten vials. Maybe yeah. maybe I misspoke there. But I, I was like, hey, can you can you document this? Can you show us how you're using it? What the results you feel like you're getting out of it? I would be keenly interested because I know Steve controls variables so well. When he does he experiments with compounds, probably yeah. better than anybody, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be so, curious yeah, too. I, 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 yeah, I'd be very curious. And, and it's not that like, it's not that we're just like haters on on a lot of these things. It's based off experience, right? It's it's not like we're just read a paper and we're repeating what we saw. We've all used it. We've all tried right. it. We've tried everything under the sun because of course we want we don't want to leave any stone unturned. And, Absolutely. Um, I would be head over heels if we had more tools to use in our arsenal that were, you know, safer to use and that didn't cause, you know, you know, issues with lipids didn't cause issues with your liver, all that kind of stuff. But in my mind, it's it, in my, I'm still holding to it doesn't work. Um, but I would love, I have an open mind though. You know, I'm not dogmatic about it. If, if someone wants to send me some to try out, I will give it a fair shot. <laughs> well, listen, I got See a question. I, I've got a question. I think this could be a good leading topic, or we could turn okay. it into a good leading topic. All right. Um, great video. Um, we should have a whole video on how to gain muscle and diet when you have crap genetics and you tend to hold more fat and have trouble gaining muscle. I, mm-hmm. I feel like this could apply to a lot of people overall, because I've met a lot of people that I've worked with that, li- listen, this is what I've seen, Andrew. They somebody I'm working with who maybe is on on the side of not having great genetics. And then they hear an episode with Ron and Dusty and Ron talks about the time that he was 330 pounds and he was eating so much food that he was stuffed and he made incredible progress in that. But Ron's also got some really good genetics to do that. I mean, God, he's sitting at what I say, like three, three, two thirty. Oh, 238 mm-hmm. right now at, at you know, mm-hmm. as a really big guy peeled and he's not even trying right now. So 
that doesn't necessarily translate to a lot of people. Can we talk about growing when somebody doesn't have the best genetics to grow? Somebody that, and I've done it myself in the past where I've taken somebody and said, okay, we're just going to force it up. And you end up just creating a a fat mess and screwing up insulin sensitivity. And then it takes more work to get somebody back down. And it turns out for me, the answer is really kind of taking it a lot slower. But how how would you describe the process? Okay. Okay. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you on that in terms of, cause like, well, I think more, we're going to have more people with less than advantageous genetics than, you know, people with great genetics. I think that's pretty, you know, that that's the majority of people walking around out there. There's a reason why there's a small percentage of NFL football players versus from the whole pool of people that pick up a football and start playing in, in peewee or high school level, right? There's sure. only a set number of people that have that upper level genetics. But I agree with you 100% because I've had guys where, you know, you try to do the typical stuff. You you get them in the off season, you run them with a sensible cycle, you try to feed them up and you try to feed them up a little bit more, a little bit more, and they just get fatter and flatter and look less like a bodybuilder actually, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's the worst situation because now you're like, hmm, we've got a lot more work to do to get you back into shape. And now we're right. dieting. Instead of instead of a 16-week diet, we're looking at like a 20, 22, maybe even a 24-week diet just to get you into good condition. And so I, I'm with you. With the with people like that, I found that they lose insulin sensitivity extremely quickly. We're yeah. talking they get off stage and they do a show and their insulin sensitivity, you know, after two weeks of, you know, eating pretty well they're following the plan say 90 percent of the time having a few extra free meals they're free they're waking up and their blood sugar is telling you it's like 104 you know that's a big mistake in my part in my line of thinking and what i found with those people is a higher fats approach and a lower carbohydrate approach or at Mm -hmm. least starting that way more of like a bodybuilder keto you know still high protein yeah uh, moderately to high fats and then putting your carbs intra pre and post usually yep. around those you know that, that time frame and then slowly adding more carbs in as you work up okay um, yeah but, but using so, the glucometer as like your primary tool now this right? is coming because, from a pretty lean state i take it you're talking about this guy exactly yeah yeah okay yes i'm with you like i can think of a guy that i have that he's got poor genetics i'm, I'm just gonna he's like he can be running a bunch of different things you know pre-contest stuff and you're like is that guy still natty yeah, And I know the sources of the compounds are good. I know that um, he's taking them. I know that he's doing everything in his power to continue to get better. But the look on stage just isn't – it isn't what even average genetic people get, if you get what I'm saying. you yeah. know. And, and as a coach, that sucks, right? Because you're like, man, we're doing all this stuff. We're, we're working really hard. I know he's working really hard. I can tell through his check-ins what he's telling me. That he's passionate about this and he's not just blowing it over blowing smoke and and telling me he's doing all this stuff so i think yeah yeah with the, with these people some of these people and this person in particular they lose insulin sensitivity extremely quickly even in some cases from the carb up like mm, it's hard wow. to believe but even just like three to four days of com- uh, compounding carbohydrates in meals and then you know obviously a free meal after the show because unless you got a show the following weekend, I don't think there's any coach out there that's such a Nazi that's like, you're right back on your plan Saturday night after the show. I want chicken and veggies. You know? <laughs> right. That's, that's just unsustainable and it's unrealistic. And, it, and it's it, it's an idiot move to do because 
everybody needs some mental relief. Everyone needs a mental break, especially if they're doing another show or they need to prepare themselves mentally for a hard off season because they know they have poor genetics. And you so, burn yeah, a I lot, find, man. You burn a lot the day of the show. I think, you know, you wake up after the point. show, like Sunday, you're sore. You've been doing stuff. You're stressed. You're doing all sorts of stuff you don't normally do. I feel like that you oftentimes need that food at the end of the night. That is actually such a good point uh, because people discount the effect of um, isometric contractions in terms of muscle soreness and, and, and what it's doing to your body in terms of glucose utilization, um, fluid util utilization. Like I can tell you, when I did the universe in 2020, they posed us around, they did six full rounds of posing. Wow. I mean, like I, I'd never done a class like that where we had literally every pose six times. It was between me and the other guy and the other guy beat me. He got first, I got second. Ah, okay. And I... It was a great experience. I have no regrets, you yeah. know, because yeah. I posed my ass off. But I can tell you that my Terry's in particular, okay. I, could, I didn't even want to hold my hands up for a front double or a really double. like I could, yeah. I could I could hit it and then I could feel them going like like this, just slowly coming down. And I wasn't trying to bring them down. It was like the muscles just stopped flexing. Yeah. And then the next day, I felt like like. I had been electrocuted and, and it had contracted every muscle in my body like 20 times over. I mean, my body was beat up. And, and one of the things I love to do after a show, you know, you have a few meals. I like to actually get in the gym and have a quick little pump workout, you know, take some pictures because I tend to look better the day after the show a lot of the time, like a lot yeah. of people in terms of the fullness effect. Yeah. And, um, and that's when the pictures look pretty good for me. I didn't even want to do that that day. I, I knew no way. So, so I think no your kidding. point about needing that – yeah, I think your point about needing that food after the show is actually a really good point. Really good point. Yeah. So what were you saying though? You're gonna you're you were saying that now this is somebody who's who's going to be uh, basically coming out of a show, and yes. and now you're gonna reverse them up. What if somebody yes. comes to you who has this kind of situation going on, and they're already holding some body fat? And I'm not gonna say a lot of body fat let's say they're already at like 15%. Yeah. And I think what you'll notice on these people is like those trouble areas, like the lower back fat's always there yes. or yeah. they don't even have like lines in their abdominals, you know, that kind of stuff. Or even like the shoulders don't have like a nice little cap line or the triceps aren't e easily distinguishable. Um, same, same thing approach uh, applies in terms of using the glucometer as one of your most prime tools. And a lot of these, a lot of cases, you need to diet this person down for a good six to eight weeks or even longer to get them to a really low body fat. And then you need to both commit. We're not going to really go above this body fat percentage. You know, let's say they were 14, like you said, or 15, I think you said, you say, okay, we're gonna get you down to like 8%. And for most people, like, you know, most people get on stage somewhere five, 6%, like 8% is like, pretty good like yeah like, you're looking pretty good in the gym like it, it's how most people would want to look i think walking around i would agree um, i would think that that might be a goal for like a goal conditioning for somebody in this particular situation like a lot of these guys have probably never seen that before you know that's actually a really good point yeah yeah that, that that's as good yeah yeah well assuming that they've they have been able to really really push and get to you know six percent body fat eight okay. percent okay we're not going to get you into show shape we're going to get yeah. you into like i'm super super insulin sensitive i can see all the all the different individual muscles in your body um you're getting a pump when you're working out because you're so insulin sensitive that's where i want to get you and then the same thing applies i'm probably going to be using a much more bodybuilding keto approach. And, and to explain that, you know, true, true keto is a very low protein diet. It's a very high, high fat diet. And 
basically trace carbohydrates, right? Right. In bodybuilding keto, we're, we're doing, you know, a more moderate to higher amount of protein, keeping their fats about moderate to high, and we're keeping the carbs very low or strategically putting them in particular spots, like intra-workout. Like I've had guys only do intra-workout carbs and then yeah. uh, protein fats at every other meal, protein fats and veggies, you know? And it takes someone that's really dedicated to do that, you know, because carbs yeah. taste good. And that's the sucky you know. thing for somebody that's in that position is in order to make progress, they're going to probably have to be more dedicated and willing to push harder than the next guy. I mean, you have to really want it like a guy in this position. He has to really want it in order to make it work. That said, I have seen it. I'm, You know, you have, too. And usually it's those guys are like the I'm going to no matter what, I'm going to make this happen kind of position. Maybe he just went through mm -hmm. a divorce last year. You know, maybe but he's got something going mm -hmm. on where he's like, now is the time I'm going to do this, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah, I mean, t tell me what are maybe some of the things differently that I've done. What, what have you done with um, some it's, of these people? With it's really funny because that's exactly what I would do too. Um, I, before mm -hmm. going to intra, I'd go pre-workout carbs first. And then mm -hmm. post-workout carbs next. And then from there, maybe I'd use a solid food carb for, I'd, I might see how that goes. Like, say like they train after meal one, then maybe carbs in meal one to start. If we were to, I agree with you, like in an ideal world, mm -hmm. I would say, let's get this person lean first. You get them to that mm -hmm. point, And this is the way I describe it. Like if you were to eat a cheeseburger as a normal person, like eat a cheeseburger and you're like, okay, I ate a cheeseburger. That was delicious. Mm -hmm. I'm a little full feeling. Yeah. Move on. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to eat a cheeseburger. And when you do like every vein pops out on your body. Yes. When you get yeah, into you that get it, position, you, you know, you get a yeah, physiological it, response that you yeah. can see. Yeah. And you're mm -hmm. starting to sweat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, and you feel hot and then you feel bigger. You feel your, you know, you feel yourself filling out a couple hours later. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. Um, in the muscle, not in your stomach. I would say that yeah. let's get you into that position first. And usually I would say it takes a long time. Like if somebody were at like, let's say 15%, 20%, it like the idea of actually like truly bulking, I think is kind of off the table, at least for now. 100%. You know what I Agreed mean? Agreed 100%. Like my goal is going to be 100%. like, no matter what, you're going to have to diet down. And for some people, it might be a long-term process. Like if they've never done this before, let's say they might, maybe they haven't even had like a fixed plan diet. It might be a mm -hmm. process, meaning like you're not even a hundred percent on plan at first and then you figure it out, but then things go sideways at Christmas and, you know, for three mm -hmm. days you don't contact your coach and then you come back and you're up 10 pounds. You know, there might be stuff like that. So this might take you six months. This might take mm -hmm. you nine months. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's going to be like possibly a long-term thing. Although I will say this, I feel like if somebody gets consistent and let's even say like it took a long time, let's say it took them nine months sure. to get from that position, 18% body fat, never been in shape, you know, poor insulin sensitivity, easily puts mm -hmm. on fat to what we're talking about where they eat the cheeseburger and just, you know, expand. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I would, oh shit, I completely lost my train of thought there. Oh, I would say this, that I, I do think that people can grow muscle in that time. You know, if, if mm -hmm. they're maybe they hadn't been consistent with eating protein before, you know what I mean? They haven't sure. been consistent with training like they are now they're in a, they're in, sure. they're in a good position. Their insulin sensitivity is better now than it was when they were bigger and they were eating more. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so you are mm-hmm. making better use of your foods. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we start with that like modified keto diet. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if after a little ways in, we can switch to start using carbs. You know what I mean? And oh, using more absolutely. carbs and still losing fat in that process, you know? And and I would say though, so yeah, I think you could grow muscle even in that leaning down process. But my big thing is, oh, yeah. is like, don't even think for now about like quote unquote bulking, you know, until yeah. you've actually gotten into that lean condition, you know? I'll go a step further and say that bulking as we quote unquote call it right it's probably just never in the cards for you if you want to be a successful bodybuilder and look like a bodybuilder year round um i just think it's not that some people just can't get away with that um and the one thing i want to go over um because we talked about where to place carbs because we were were both in agreement about you know some type of a bodybuilding modified ketogenic diet you know proteins fats majority for calories and then where we place our carbs and you like to put them pre-workout my first move would actually be to put them post-workout you put post-workout before pre-workout huh yes yeah exactly so i want to talk about that because maybe people would get a little bit out of like why what's our justifications for pre versus post yeah, what's your reasoning then? What do you what do you like about the the post workout? Part of it's mental, okay. Okay. Pre workout, I feel like um, pre workout. I feel like you got to earn your food. Okay. So okay. Train like train like a badass, and and and, and I'm not saying my way is better or no no or no that because there's there, there's great justification for both. I'm gonna acknowledge that, but in my mind, and it, it's kind of goes to my mindset as a competitor, where if I had a refeed. I wanted to put them all those carbs after my training session because I wanted to break the muscle tissue down and then be a sponge and be so insulin sensitive that I just yeah. suck them all up. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but also it's a mental thing of you got to earn that food. So you need to go and have a crazy training session. You need to hit some PRs or, you know, you just need to know that you earned it to me. Um, it, it, it's just a mental, and it's probably why like for my preps, it doesn't feel like prep unless I'm really quote unquote suffering, you know, like yeah. I really like to feel that, Cause I don't feel like I'm working hard enough unless I'm doing that two hours of cardio or, I'm yeah, doing, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just kind of the, the mindset of I'm going to battle. I'm doing this really hard thing and I want it to be as hard as possible so I can walk out on the other side and feel like, like I gave it my best. So that's, that's kind of my justification. I, I could, I mean, I think that's great. And I, I feel like you could probably get the results you wanted. Well, we would literally, we would, if I was like, Andrew, yeah. you have to put carbs pre-workout for this guy. Whatever it took, you would adjust the diet in a way that it would still work. You know what I mean? I I like pre because I'm giving them a direct energy source. And I feel like there's a mental thing to that. Like, oh, I'm getting my carbs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and then I better work hard. Yeah, I better work hard. But not only that, like I have the energy too because I do feel Mm -hmm. like when you start pulling carbs out, People will, some people will start to think like, now I'm going to, okay, so you took the carbs out. That means that when I go to the gym, I will be weaker. You know what I mean? So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm giving you the carbs. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to be strong. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. like, a, so in I a way it's, it's a, it's a similar mental game. And then I also Absolutely. feel like they're still going to be there. Anything that didn't get burnt up is going to be hopefully, you know, because the thing I think we're both banking on here is that by exercising, we're going to make better use of those carbohydrates, whether you put them pre, whether you put them post, our goal is to put them around training so that we can Mm -hmm. make that happen. You know? Yeah. I would probably go so far as to say, it really doesn't matter if you put them pre or post, 
using the same mindset, uh, all else in the diet being equal, all else in the training being equal, all else in drugs being equal. Yeah. I bet it probably doesn't make that much of a difference one way or the other, other than the athlete's mindset of yeah, like what motivates them to train harder. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're already in a very glycogen depleted state and you're already very insulin sensitive, whether you put them pre or post, your muscle is going to suck them right up. You're absolutely oh, yeah. going to suck them right up and, and, and bleed glycogen. So. And I've seen it, I'm sure, because I'm sure you've done it the other way around. I have too, where I've mm-hmm. had guys that come to me and they're like, I like to train fasted and then, or I like mm-hmm. to not have, you know what it is? I don't like having a lot of food in my stomach. So, you know, I tried mm-hmm. uh, whey and oats for meal one, but it keeps gurgling, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, let's mm-hmm. put the oats post-workout, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot better, you know? So yeah, it's probably a mindset mm-hmm. of what they want too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing I was going to go into is, uh, you know, the, the PED side of it in terms of maybe things you would do differently, maybe, uh, you know, cause you know, cause in terms of, or at least supplements, right? Because we talked about, you get to a place where you can add some more carbohydrates and space them out throughout the day a little bit more, you know, yeah. we've done the, we've done the, you know, 15 weeks, 20 weeks dieting to get them to a place where they get that cheeseburger and you see a physiological response. Their veins start yep. popping. They, they look like they're fuller. Like you said, they start to sweat, indicating typically that their metabolism is kind of getting a little bit of a boost. Great. You're at that point. So you decide, okay, I think we can start to fit a few more carbs in, right? Yeah. So I do, I'll do. i do either one of two things. I might start with something as small as like 10 grams of carbohydrates per meal, so, which is next hmm. to nothing, right? Like your body's barely even going to notice that. What it, will because you do it's specifically? Not, I like to use fruit. Okay. You know, like a clementine, you know, 10, okay. 10 grams of carbs in a clementine or, you know, let's say half a banana or half an apple. About, yeah. Ow, cramping. About 13 grams <laughs> of carbs or so. I had, a, I had a crazy leg day right before this. Oh, Me did my you? Buddy Scott Dennis. Oh, nice. yeah. We, we drove over to MI40 and um, and tore it up over there. Nate was over there training too, but he was training legs, but we have him doing something different this week because he's got the Vancouver. But yeah, we, we tore it up over there. You mentioned, anyway. the, you mentioned you went there, by the way, and you, uh, you met one of our listeners was working at the gym, huh? Yes, Thomas. Uh, Tom, I believe that Tom. was his name. I forget his Instagram off the top of my head. And I met another listener, Jensen. Uh, who's also starting his own pod, podcast. Um, Tom worked the front desk there. Great kid. He competes yeah. in bodybuilding and classic. Yeah. And I think Jensen, I think he looked like a super heavyweight. Oh, Either yeah. A super heavyweight or, or, or a big classic guy. Yeah. So he's both these guys are really into bodybuilding. They looked like it. They had a lot of muscle. And um, I see Skip's calling us now. <laughs> yes. Skip's calling us on FaceTime. Alert. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so back to the topic at hand, where was I? We we're talking about, oh, carbohydrate distribution, right? Yeah. So I like to use fruit a lot of times because when you're, when you're not getting a lot of carbohydrates, you're, 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 you're not getting a lot of nutrients, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We can take supplements. Yeah. We can take, you know, um, greens drinks and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, I don't think there's any substitute for real food. And I think that you're not going to get more nutrients than you will from, you know, uh, a variety of fruit, whether it's berries, apples, oranges, pears, all that kind of stuff. So I usually like to do maybe, you know, a few meals with like 10 grams of carbs and maybe a few meals with like a rice cake, something as simple as that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then it just becomes a matter of slowly, you know, okay, we're at 10 grams of carbs per meal with the exception of the pre or post meal. Yep. Okay. Now let's add like five grams of carbs in addition to that meal. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's usually the primary way I do it. The secondary way I do it, would either be 
a larger post-workout carbohydrate source. And then I would maybe start adding a little bit more to the meal after that. Uh, because, you know, glycogen synthesis is still rocking at that point, especially if, you know, let's say someone gets out of the gym at four, they eat their post-workout meal by 4.45. If they're insulin uh, sensitive and they're hungry or, or the, and they've been um, dieting, they're probably pretty hungry about an hour, hour and a half after that. And that tells me that their body's still utilizing carbohydrates. Their body's still ready to replete glycogen. So I might sneak a few more carbs in that meal as well. I know some coaches, they, they want to throw carbs into the first meal. They want to throw carbs into other places, but that, that, that's kind of how I do it. Okay. Well, let's go back to, you You mentioned something. You said gear. You were like, what would we do with gear? I, I can tell you sure. this. I think one thing I would think off the gate is that gear, is it, it, for this person, say they're 20%, they've had a hard time losing fat. Um mm -hmm. I know that we may have some work ahead of us, especially as somebody who's mm -hmm. never been in great shape before. And my thought is, is that once we start gear, we are on the clock and we may not yes. be able to run the clock down and get this thing finished before it's time for you to come off the cycle. So gear sure. is probably uh, not my my number one priority. Um, let's see if mm -hmm. Skip will text us back here. I see we're both talking to him. Well here. Yeah, no, yeah, I sent him a message saying we're because he called us yeah. and then he sent us a voice message and I'm like, yeah. we're live now. We can't listen to your message, bro. Yeah, that's why I uh, asked him. I was like, hey, we're recording. Do you want to join us? So we'll see. Come on. But, on. but yeah, that's been my thought is that, um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily so like, even though like I think gear can be super helpful, it's not my priority because it's not going to necessarily help us with the work that we need to do. Like it can sure. take a while for that insulin sensitivity to kick on and for that fat loss to start. And that whole process is going to be, you know, assuming that your testosterone is at least supported, you know, if you have yeah. like really crappy test levels, then maybe there's something we need to look at and consider there. And assuming that your other hormones are good. Like that's another thing too, right? If you have somebody in that situation, it's like, well, what's going on with your, not only your blood sugar yeah. and your, you know, that response, but what about your thyroid? What about your testosterone? And, sure. you know, we want to make well, sure so those things are rolling. That's where I was going to get into. Um, okay. In terms of PED use, I'm actually going to tell you, like, I go right to hardeners. Uh, we're not using any of the quote unquote bulking compounds. Oh, yeah. Like, it's going to be more of like a testosterone. It, it, basically, I want to do everything I can to control water, estrogen, and make sure that we're not putting anything into your body that's going to look quote unquote sloppy. So, you know, usually I'm going right to like a test prop or a test prop, test E mix. Yeah. Um, very similar to like a Sustanon. And then I want to go master on, and I'm probably going to use Trenbolone, but for shorter cycles. Meaning, okay. You okay. know, six to eight week bursts and then back oh, to okay. TRT cruising. Something to that effect. And the reason being is that, A, you can't stay on trend for 20 weeks or right. 30 weeks for, for a longer cycle. That's just any coaches that are doing that, or, you know, that should kind of be criminal in my mind. But you're doing these shorter six to eight week cycles, and then you give yourself a good eight weeks to clean out, and you yeah. get your labs to show that. And I think that's the way to do it. And you're going to get a more insulin sensitizing effect from the trend in particular because of the nutrient partitioning effect that it has. That's interesting. Um, so that's, so that's the reason why I would, I would tend to use trend in the off season in, in, in this way. But again, it's a shorter cycle. The doses aren't crazy. Yeah. I was going to say lower it's, doses, it's lower doses, you know, like let's say like a, you know, let's say 400 milligrams of test between a test P and a test E total. Okay. And then probably maybe a 400, 500 master on, and yep. then something like a hundred milligrams of trend every other day. So three, three fifty a week, something like that. Okay. Now, depending on the person, right. I might even go with something like even lower 
Like I might even go mm-hmm. with like, let's just do Masty at 300 and test at mm-hmm. 300. And let's just Nothing check your estrogen levels a little bit down the road. And assuming that you're in range and all that's good, because we know that there's, that, you know, Dave Crossland talks about it a lot being like more sensitivity to estrogen if you are holding mm-hmm. a lot of body fat. And I think that if we can mm-hmm. keep that all managed, then, you know, we yes. can we can almost look at that as like a TRT plus kind of thing. And we might be able to yep. run that for, you know, 16 weeks and then, oh, absolutely. Pull, you know, pull that back. I haven't done the trend thing so much, but I have worked it with another guy that I, I kind of consider him this. He he tends to have more loose skin and has had a he mm-hmm. does get fat easier. And we have discovered that low dose trend has been has has been a really good jam. We actually this mm-hmm. this season currently right now he's using two hundred trend E, which I would consider to be mm-hmm. and this is like his cycle. You know his cycles with two hundred trend E. Yeah, we were using three hundred test and three hundred mast. He just ran out of mast and we're wrapping the thing up anyway, so yeah. we're not getting more. But. The other yeah. thing I was going to say is I I want to base my testosterone dose around my masteron dose yes. because I want to I want to try to keep the cycle as safe as possible and I want to make it so I don't have to use an AI or if I yeah. do have to use one it's like twelve and a half or six and a quarter milligrams of a Rimadex two to three days a week something like that yeah. because that's where we're running into trouble when we're running when we're blasting gear and we have to add in layers of you know estrogen management compounds to control that stuff especially with someone that's very prone to getting fat easily holding water having all those estrogenic side effects so i should have said i should have led with that that that's kind of how i want to base my testosterone dose what's the most we can push without having to run an ai or just very little of an ai i'm totally with you on that i don't yeah, I, and I, I don't think it's 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 the wrong way to go because again we're doing shorter cycles, shorter little off season bursts here, and and the net effect of it is this: the person looks pretty much consistently the same almost all all the way through the year. Meaning they're not making these big pushes. They're not they're not going to ever be confused for Derek Lunsford, you know, thick yeah. all over, just juicy all you know, but they're going to consistently look the same. In terms of holding water, in terms of um, estrogen management, all throughout the year, so it's a lot more predictable for them. And I think that's what we're trying to do: is trying to give them a predictable instance to a, pr- a predictable scenario for yeah. what they can expect out of their body. Right? We're, we're trying to we're trying to improve their genetics, the, their yes. crappy genetics, basically. You, yeah. you get what I'm saying? I absolutely yeah. do. And also, too, like you mentioned, you're not going to run. I'm like when you think about like how much test you need, how much test can you get away with before needing an AI? Yeah, there's an element of like we're not gonna, they're not Nate Spear. We're not gonna be like driving on ten pounds or you know what I mean. We're not, we're not gonna be able to push like like somebody who did have like incredible genetics where they may be able to handle mm-hmm. more, and it would then to me be worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also got to point out, you know, most people live in an area where they're close enough to a lab core. And LabCorp yeah. uses Merrick Diagnostics. It's like $18 to get your estrogen checked, your estrogen. Is it? Okay. So, yeah, it's so cheap. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm famous for, like, they start a cycle, and I'm two weeks into it. I'm like, I want you to go and get this checked so we can determine if we have your AI set properly. Right. I'm like, who, who, who's not going to spend 18 bucks to make sure that we're doing the right thing in terms of their estrogen management? Yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot of times we find, okay, I've had them use a little bit of something in terms of an AI and their, their estradiol is somewhere in like the 16 or, or 20s using a test mass cycle. It's yeah. like, hey, let's pull that right out. We, we yeah. don't need that. We're saving you money. Uh, we're, we're saving potential side effects in terms of your your, your blood chemistry. Right. And people are happy with that. You yeah. Know? 
And it's one less thing you have to take just overall, you know. One less thing. Man. Exactly. exactly. Well, this was really good. I, I feel like this is something that could really help people. Because I, I feel like there's a lot of our listeners who do fall into this category. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of did, I think, a whole show on this pretty much, Andrew. I think but, so. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we did. I, I had a couple Patreon questions. I want to try to squeeze them awesome. out in for the Patreon people. Um, how about this one? For BSG, how would you rank the modern single Olympia winners uh, using their Olympia winning look? Dexter, Sean, Brandon, and Hottie. That's a man. good one. That's a good <laughs> yeah, one, Yeah, that's man. a good question. <laughs> uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Thank you for all your help and all your support with doing this show. Uh, if you're on YouTube, leaving comments, stuff like that. Of course, subscribing, that helps. If you're on iTunes, if you can leave us a good five-star review, that definitely makes a difference for other people being able to find our programming. And thank you to everybody from Patreon. You guys are legitimately like together. All of you giving $5 or $10 per month, it literally has created a small income so that I can do this full time. Thank you to our first and original sponsor, True Nutrition. They believed in us before anybody else did, which I'm so grateful for. And it's a great it's a great marriage because they have supplements that I've believed in and that I've suggest long before they had anything to do with our programming. That's why I asked them to be a part of it. Use our code think over there, get some additional savings on supplements that you can trust in the UK. Check out Strom sports nutrition. They've got some really awesome health stacks, some performance stuff too. Uh, if you're in the UK, definitely check out Strom. Tell them that we sent you. And of course, supplementsource.ca for our Canadians. I mean, some of their deals are just absolutely crazy. They'll be like on label changes or overstock products. You might get like a, a granite supplement for 20 bucks. So definitely check them out if you're in Canada. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So thank you guys for watching. Let's get back to the program. I um, So let me give a quick story. When Sean won, like Three months before that, my buddy, because I always, we always go to his house to watch it. He goes, "Dude, who do you think's going to win the Olympia this year?" He goes, "I'm high on Sean. Like, I know he looked like shit at the uh, at the guest posing at the Pittsburgh and yeah, and this and that." I'm like, "Well, Sean's career is over, man. He's probably like fifth, sixth. He's out of the top five. Did you? And my jaw, yeah, yeah. My, but I didn't know the backstory. I didn't know everything. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know all the info that Chris has now put out. You know, about that prep. You know, because I because I'd seen the pictures of him at, at Pittsburgh, and I'm like this isn't just a guy that's off the gear. This is a guy who's taken steps backward in his career, you know? Yeah. But then like when, when, when he came out, my, my jaw hit the floor. Like, honestly, I think in just the way he poses, I know he's been, he's been um, accused of being too lackadaisical and not mm-hmm. very aggressive on stage. I think that fit his look that year. So perfectly. I was it 2018. I, I can't even remember now. The years. Yep, 2018. But I'm going to, I would put Sean at the top of that list. I really liked his look. I really liked his posing. I think he was the perfect combination of fullness, dryness, all the above that we always talk about. So yeah, I'd go, I'd go Sean first. I would go hottie second because. Oh man, hottie is incredible. You you can't not respect a guy that brings that kind of detail to the stage and who was a two twelve guy that turned into an open guy. I think, um, I think he's there. And then I would put Dexter. I really like Dexter's look. And then I would put Brandon afterwards. And that's mostly because I've always been a conditioning guy. And mm. while Brandon brings some unbelievable fullness, like when he's full, yeah. it's, it's almost yeah. hard to believe that he's not a cartoon character or a Ninja Turtle or something. Yeah. He just, I like the detail. And and Brandon doesn't bring that kind of detail. So that, that's my that's my top four. How about you? 
Okay. I, that's interesting. You know, I'm looking at these guys. I, you know, okay, so Hottie doesn't really like, you know, the apples to apples thing. Like, uh, Hottie mm-hmm. doesn't compare to any of them, right? Like, no. in that respect. Yeah. Sean, and, uh, I mean, Sean, Sean has a different look than Brandon. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has more that, like, Tony Freeman X-Men look with the, mm-hmm. the small waist. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, he, does he compare to Brandon? Yes, but I don't see them as being, like, the same kind of guy. And then Dexter's kind that. of his own thing because he's kind of shorter yeah. and he's just, like, so full and, you know, compact. It's mm-hmm. they, they really are four very different bodybuilders, if I really very think about so. it. You know? I would mm-hmm. – and, and because it is the um, – because it is the Olympia look. And I know that Brandon Brandon preferred his Olympia look. He liked the fullness. Mm-hmm. And and who mm-hmm. doesn't like walking out on stage, like just being full blown? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's a good feeling. I personally, because I, I saw that and then I saw the in person and then I saw the Arnold, you know, several months before that. I personally loved that Arnold look. That was 2019, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Arnold Classic look was my very ultimate personal favorite uh, Brandon Curry ever. Like that look mm-hmm. was just lights out. It was interesting too mm-hmm. uh, when I talked to him about it. I don't think we've ever talked about this, but you've seen or you've worked with people that have had preps where they um, they everything just works. Where like you have to feed them up to keep them from losing. Mm-hmm. And that was him mm-hmm. going into the Arnold. Okay. Awesome. And then after that, like his body, I think was done. And when they, f- mm. you know, he fed up after that and then he didn't want to let go. And so mm-hmm. going into the Olympia was the exact opposite where I think his body really wanted to grow at that time. And so sure. they were like fighting it all the way through food had to be much lower and he still ended up being, you know, the full blown version that he was. So, mm. you know, it's interesting. It, it, I'd be curious mm-hmm. to know what would have happened had he been able to take that season off and then come back. Mm. I, I don't know. But he was on such a high, would, you know. Of course. It, it, of it's course. like it only made sense. So I get that. So, man, as much – I do I want to put Brandon in front of Dexter? I don't know. I mean, we're not talking about their entire history. Dexter was no, pretty – I'm talking about – Yeah, Dexter Olympia, was right? pretty awesome Olympia. at the Olympia. But I also still, I feel like Dexter maybe won because other people were off. I don't think that that's one hundred percent valid. You know, so there was that, and Dexter's always Dexter. You know, so I think I, I think I would put Dexter in fourth, and then I'm going to put Brandon in third, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I just if I had to judge between him and Sean. I really, I seeing Sean and I was there in person for that one as well. And I had it in my head the whole time. Like, oh, I, and I remember it. I was like in a balcony seat and I looked over at the mm-hmm. big screen and it was panning across their quads, the two of them standing there, him and Phil. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I, I would personally give this to Sean, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do it. So that's, how, that, that's what I said in my Did head you? too. Yeah. Yeah. And then they turned around and they hit their backs. And I was like, man, I would give this to Sean, but. They're not going to do that. And then when they Mm -hmm. announced it, man, I like I lost my mind. And so did every other freaking person in that room. Mm -hmm. Like it was insane. It was so insane Mm -hmm. because everybody likes to see the champ get taken down, you know? Yeah. Uh, But uh, I I would say that I would. So it's between Sean and Hottie. Damn, man, that's a tough one. It's a hard two very different looks. Uh, Yeah. 
I guess I would put Sean in second, and I'd put Hottie in first. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Hottie is just his nastiness. I'm a fan of that man, and I mean, and he proved himself in the open too, right? So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd mm-hmm. take Sean. So there, that's what that's. Or excuse that's me, awesome. I'd take Hottie. That'd be my take Hottie. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. That's a really good question I mean, too. It, yeah, because it's because you can justify your answers. You know, it's it gives you a little time for reflection to say, okay, this is why. I yeah. think this look or this 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 athlete because you, like you said, it's not their whole career. It's not their best appearance ever. It's their Olympia look that you, that one year that they yeah. won. So I think that was a good question. I do too. All right, this is one for you um, from Josh on Patreon. He says, uh, "Sarah Stim, I've been recommended to mix backwater uh, with Sarah Stim instead of the sterile diluent that comes with it." Uh, because serostim is prescribed for HIV patients at 18 units the whole vial a day, so they don't need uh, to use backwater. Backwater has a preservative in it. Um, since we use it over a long time frame, is it better to use backwater? Just wanted to see if you guys could confirm this. Here's the thing. You know, I don't know anyone that's taken one bottle of growth hormone and making it last for, you know, three, four, five weeks, you know, maybe there's people out there that are just doing like a half unit a day, but the majority of people are at the low end taking two units a day, four to five days a week. So that tells me you're going through the bottle every two weeks. If you are keeping that bottle refrigerated and you're not shaking it, you're not moving it around, you're not exposing it to light. Um, I think it's fine using the solution that they give you for Sarastim, especially. Okay. Um, He's correct in that, you know, the dosing protocol, say for someone with, you know, dwarfism or, you know, um, acromegaly or not acromegaly, but, um, you know, a, a, a growth disorder. Yeah. They, cause I used to uh, house sit for someone and their kids had it and I'd, I'd open the fridge and it'd be like, Baba. And you'd see like <laughs> the serostim fight. I'm like, no way. And I'd, I, and I trained the guy too. So I'm like, Hey, so, cause I knew at the time that the dosing protocol was like, give your kid 10 units once a week and then yeah. throw the bottle away. Yeah, just and throw I'm out like, the hey. rest of that. It's bad. You don't need it. Well, so that's where I'm going with this is that I'm like, so, Hey, are you guys following that, that, that the label? And are, are you guys actually tossing the bottle or are you, are you using it for the next week? You know? Yeah. Um, he's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're following what, the, what it says. And I'm like, do you think I can have those? <laughs> and like, and he was like, yeah, why? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> just a little experiment. I'm but then to get I, taller. We were really close. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, we were really close as clients. So I explained to him and I actually talked to him. I'm like, you know what? Why don't you take two units three days a week? Because I think they were using 10, 10 units yep. and then they had eight units left. And I'm like, why don't you take two units four days a week? And I think you're going to see an improved quality of your life. It's I can I, I will swear on my life. Nothing you're doing is going to hurt you by doing yeah, this. Yeah. You're not going to grow taller. You're not going to grow facial bones or anything like that. Right. And he did. And he's like, wow. He's like, the first thing I noticed was that my skin looked a little better. Yeah. I slept a little better. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what you can expect off a two, two unit dose. You know, you, you start seeing those little changes. You're not getting swole. You're not, you're not walking around, you know, like Ronnie Coleman, but yeah. you're getting a little bit of a benefit and improving your life. And so anyway, yeah. And needless to say, a that. year later, he competed in the super heavyweights and his son was still three foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I would go as far as to say that I feel like with with good legit growth that mm-hmm. you it in for a guy who was say like in his forties or so and he didn't he wasn't mm-hmm. taking anything. He was just like natural. Mm-hmm. If he were to even run one unit or even like point eight units a day, I feel like you would mm-hmm. see something out of it, you know? 
I, yeah, I mean, yes, I agree with you 100%. You're, you're going to see it's not like you have to reach a certain amount to see the lowest benefit with growth hormone. Yeah. You're having more growth hormone in your body. So yeah. you're going to look, feel, you're going to feel better, you're going to sleep a little bit better. Absolutely, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I've gotten now, the uh, 72 unit uh, kits from uh, Humatrope and mm -hmm. those you would last they would last longer the, you know it'd be a, a 72 unit pen so i wasn't and yes. i was trying to stretch that out you know and i had mm -hmm. like five of them uh but mm -hmm. uh I, and i remember well, so that, that gets that brings up a good question too like what makes it so special about the pen that you're leaving in the fridge versus the premix the, the solution that you mix and leave yeah. it in the fridge well you still had like, to mix the solution no, 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 but but I I don't believe that the dosing protocol because they give you a seventy was it seventy two or seventy six units? It's thirty six it seventy seven, two. Yeah. So they're not telling you to take a ten unit dose and then throw the other sixty units away. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah, you're you're keeping it. You're keeping it. You're going to continue using it. I'm sure. For, uh, I'm saying I'm saying even as a prescribed. Yeah, user, that's what uh, I'm saying. Like, of yeah, course okay. we are, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's yeah. what they're doing too. It's just yeah. a, a larger volume of pen. I would guess at least. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. That I remember the diluent. It smells like band aids. Listen, there's no better smell to me than you the know smell the smell of pharmaceutical drugs. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? I can pick it out of my crown. I can pick it out of a thousand smells. Oh god! I, we just that, got the we just got the the lead clip for the show. There's no better oh, the, smell to me than the, the smell, smell, of, the smell of pharmaceutical growth and Humalog. Those two, I absolutely love them because I know they're real. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There is that. You know. We had another one from Josh. I gotta say that, well, I'm going to say one more thing because yeah. there's a lot of fake growth going around right now. And yeah. and I'll, I'll say either it's not, it's fake or the people that are selling it, unbeknownst to them, it's coming over on, you know, from, from countries like Turkey or some of these other countries. And it sits on these boats in the, you know, in the storage sheds or short storage containers. Temperature is probably rising, especially this time of year, that by the time they get it to their house, it's degraded because I've had plenty of dealers that... They're shipping stuff to my clients and I'm telling my clients to go and get their IGF-1 tested and they're testing in like the 190s or 220s or something like that. Yeah. You shouldn't be testing on that if you're using five, six units of pharmaceutical grade growth, you know, four, five, six days a week. Um, so I do think that people that sell this stuff need to do a better job of making sure where they're sourcing it from is climate protected. And that when they're shipping it to you, they're doing a good job of overnight shipping it versus, oh, yeah, I'll throw it in the mail and you get it a week later. That right. thing's been jostled around so many times. It's probably sat in the back of, you know, airplanes and, and, and buses and all that kind of stuff that you, you might just be getting some some peptides, not not um, actual growth hormone. Yeah. And it's like 110 degrees outside right now. It's going to sit there in That's the truck and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. Dave Crossland has said. So, you know, being his, like he's, he's been on TV and all that he gets and he does the court stuff and all that. He gets to talk to people and he talked to uh, a representative from one of the growth hormone companies. I can't remember which one it was. Mm. And they said that the products that they've recovered in the UK, mm. that they rarely ever, if ever, find a legit product that they've recovered yeah. from the underground market, that most everything mm. is fake there. And here's mm -hmm. the thing. It's not that they're trying to rip us off. What they're doing mm -hmm. is like the people who are making it. This is my guess is like some crazy Eastern Bloc country, you know, somebody, some, the yeah. mob. And they're yeah. they're trying to counterfeit it for hospitals 
So they're shipping that mm-hmm. stuff out in pallets, you know what I mean? And trying to make mm-hmm. big deals. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Like we're just a side effect of that, you know? Yeah. They're not cared about making, you know, an extra $150 off a kit of this or that. They're trying to make those hundreds of thousands of dollars off a pallet. I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Let's see. What else did Josh have here for us? Um, he says currently on six meals a day plan, one meal pre-workout. I train about 5 a.m. How critical is the timing on the post-workout second meal? I've heard various opinions about timing of the second meal. If you don't eat the second meal within 10 minutes of walking out the gym, you might have, you just wasted your whole workout. Yeah, totally. I'm 100%. kidding. I'm 100%. Kidding. No, I mean, it, it, it depends, you know, like it's a matter if you're doing an intra workout, whether you have some essential amino acids in there and some, some type of carbohydrate source. I look at that as the post-workout meal that you're just putting into the intra-workout space because it's so digestible, right? Yeah. Um, and, and in a case like that, you know, like for instance, like if I train legs and my, my CNS is just shot, I'm probably not going to eat a solid meal for at least an hour, if not an hour and a half sometimes. That that, that, that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for me, you know? Um, but I think the best thing to do is to use your appetite as your guide. That's because what I was going to say. You, I agree. Sorry to stick. No, 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 no. We just agree. That's all. But it, well, because you need to be ready to accept that meal. And if your CNS is still jacked up because you're still in sympathetic drive, you know, the, the drive that you need to squat three plates, four plates to, to, to train hard, that's your fight or flight. You yeah. need fight or flight to be turned off and you need your parasympathetic to be ready to go to rest and digest, digest being the key word there. So, um, and, and in this case, you know, let's say some, let's say this guy, his work starts at eight o'clock. He's got to train at five. He's like, I only have like a 20 minute window to get my second meal in, or I got to wait an hour and a half, two hours, three hours later for my, for my work break. So that's what he's trying to figure out. There's things you can do to engage your parasympathetic, such like deep belly breathing, um, contrast showers, you know, doing a hot and a cold back and forth, Hmm. um, deep belly breathing on your way home in the car. Um, even just getting on a treadmill and walking, after a training session and then doing some stretching and foam rolling, all those things will help you engage your parasympathetic and turn off your sympathetic. You know, it's kind of like, I look at it this way. There's your warm up and your cool down. And those two are basically doing the same thing. It's kind of getting you ready for the next phase or the other side of your nervous system in a sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I would totally agree with that. You know what I started practicing? And you know what we talked about it before was box breathing. And I found that I can instantly, yeah, I instantly feel a difference with that. Like mm-hmm. it instantly down regulates me with wherever I'm at. Like I can physically feel it like one minute later, you know, hundred percent. And you know, you can literally test your blood pressure five minutes mm. apart and do that box breathing in between and you will see the numbers go down. Yeah. All right. We got a couple more here from Patreon. Um, this is a good one here. Let's see. Uh, third question down on his list for blood, sweat, and gear. Um, how do you know you've outgrown uh, a coach or they have outgrown you? Do you think there is um, any merit into doing a full bulk and cut cycle with a coach to see uh, how it goes and then change coaches? I'm thinking more um, at the start of your bodybuilding journey when you are still learning. How do you know you've outgrown your coach? I mean, first and foremost, I think you're paying for a service as an athlete and you got to think, okay, is the coach doing 
you know, because every coach sends their initial email of what they cover and what they're going to do. Is that coach covering that? You know, has your expectation changed over time? At which mm. point you should probably talk to your coach if you have different expectations and you both can agree upon them. You know, like for instance, I've got some clients. They just start out as clients and then down the road, they're also coaches themselves. They turn into mentoring clients. So then it becomes more issue of phone calls, um, Zoom phone, Zoom calls, going over client issues and, and sharing more information, sharing more of the thought process behind the information, which they're paying another service for. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, there's, there's factors. A, are you getting the results? B, is there a good enough rapport that it's not confrontational? Um, coaches is, is responding back to your check-ins uh, with with a uh, in a proper amount of time that's already been agreed upon. Um, but and I guess maybe this person's going on like, has this coach done everything for me? Right? Yeah. Is that and I'm wondering if this? he's I wonder if he's thinking too like because he, he based off of that very last part where he was like you know, as a new person who's just getting into it, you know, is, is he thinking like, so that he can pick up like very various different styles, you know what I mean? Like, cause it, cause there's something to be said about marrying your high school girlfriend, you know what I mean? But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you know, if, if, if you work with a coach and things are working, then it's working. So I think he might, he might be coming from that perspective about learning. So, I mean, there's, I always tell people there's a big difference between you coming to me as a client and you coming to me as a client that also coaches and wants to learn more methods, learn more about the science behind it, learn why we do certain things. Okay. And it's kind of one of those, you know, I, I, I can't give a concrete answer because there's some people that we just gel more naturally. We just yeah. have a rapport naturally, you know, like for instance, I'm sure Scott, you get a lot of people that they've seen some of your gun videos and they share some of theirs with you and that's Absolutely. building a kind of bond. Yeah. Right. It builds a bond. Um, but I'll say this, like if I have a client that I know gives 100 percent and they're doing everything I ask and they are they're just doing everything I ask, they're automatically kind of in my inner circle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're yeah. automatic. So, so even things that go beyond maybe what we've agreed upon in the contract of, of my coaching agreement, um, I, I'm willing to do that because I see them more as a friend in a sense, but also as a client. It, it's 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 kind of like another, another level client. It's kind of like, I bet like Gary that we just had on yeah. a previous episode with Dom. Dom knew from the start, just from Gary's history that he was going to be the guy that if he said to go outside and dig up, you know, the brown dirt, separate the black stuff out, eat the brown dirt. And yeah. Gary would have done that. You yeah. know? So he knows that he's got a ride or die, you know, kind of client. Yeah. And it makes it really easy to root for that person. And to, when they ask for extra things, say, Hey, I, I can do that for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm you with know? you a hundred percent. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, when I can tell, even like in my interaction with people, when I first start working with them, I'll give them everything they need. I'll explain everything they ask, but I'm definitely not like, I don't, I'm not like as plugged in yet. I kind of wait yes. and see how they do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if they if they check in when they're supposed to check in, they follow mm -hmm. the plan or if they don't follow the plan, they let me know what's going on like that. It's a relationship that you're building and that builds over mm -hmm. time and it does become richer the the longer you've done it, you know, and to the mm -hmm. point where you almost can have like an like an like nonverbal communication. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. you know, like 100%. he'll know what you're going to do. You know what I mean? That kind of mm -hmm. thing. It's uh, and that mm -hmm. is a cool place to be. Like I'm certain, 100% certain. Like you and Nate are there. Like when you make a change, oh, God. Nate knows what you're gonna do. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know, and I think, it, and this is a great example, when you get to that point in a coaching relationship with someone, I think it really does become more of a team aspect. Yeah. You know, even if you have the final say, great, but it's, you're, you're open to their opinion a lot yep. more so than the first time kid who said, well, I've been reading on professional muscle that I should be dropping my sodium on Wednesday or, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a matter of, of having that trust in each other and working through the issue together and coming up with what's the, what's the right move for, for us right now. Um, and I think the second part of his question was about, should he go to one coach possibly for like an off season bulk and then come to someone else for, oh, I think you're saying, and then stick with them through that, you know, stick with them through a, oh, a okay. cut. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Every coach that I know would absolutely like to have an athlete from day one before yeah. they get into a contest prep so they can learn how your body operates so they can use their methods to build your metabolism, get your calories up and and experiment and build that knowledge of which PEDs work for you, which PEDs don't work for you. Um, yeah. You know, because some people just go to coaches because they have a track record and they're not going to get personal attention. They just get a sheet that says you need to take this drug, this drug, that drug, and here's your diet. And it's probably a copy and paste that he has other guys that are in that same height and weight category taking. And it's just not personalized. I think um, if you've got a coach that's personalizing things for you, they're responding on time. Mm. Um, they've helped you in an off season and now you're ready to get, get going on, on a contest prep. I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're working with somebody say for a year and your goal is like, mm -hmm. Uh, let's compete, uh, you know, uh, whatever, October and it's February now, you know, you have the opportunity, honestly, man, I've had people say to me in that situation, like, Oh, well, when are we going to start dieting? You know, when are we going to start prepping? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, really there's no definitive line in that situation, which I love that there's no definitive line mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, on this date, that's when the prep starts. But I am thinking to myself, by this date, you need to be getting leaner, you know? But it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's different, though, you know? Because I think at the end mm -hmm. of the day, we want to be able to keep as much food in as possible, right? While reaching mm -hmm. your goals. And if you're at 16 weeks out and I'm like, it's only going to take you eight weeks to get into shape, yeah, we are kind mm -hmm. of in prep, but you're, you know, mm -hmm. you're not really having to diet right now, you know? 100%. I agree. Mm -hmm. All right. I think we had maybe one more here. This is from uh, Aaron Burke. So he is, uh, he's got a YouTube channel of his own, I believe. And um, he's friends with awesome. Vigorous Steve. And uh, I was talking to him about working with him too. We'll see how that goes. He just had a big season, big dude. The dude's got, I sent you one of his pictures. Uh, he's got some incredible That's muscle. Right. That was that guy. Yes. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's got a lot of muscle. So backstage, yeah, backstage pump up routine. So. Well, it depends on the show. Is it a local state show where there's, you know, nine bodybuilders total today, or is it the NPC universe, right? Because, you know, I'll give a quick one. We're When we're at the universe this last weekend, I'm looking over and there's like bikini girls that are in open class that are starting to pump up when like the master's 60 girls, women are going out there. Oh. Now, if you know anything about these shows, you know, you got the Masters 60s, you got ABC. And then you go to Masters 50, you got ABCD. And then you go to the Masters 35, you got ABCDEF. And then you open, right? Yeah. So you've got about two and a half hours. So yeah. in my mind, this person, this girl did not have a good coach that told her exactly what to do backstage because she felt, oh, the bikini women are getting ready. I need to start pumping up my shoulders when really it's just a nonsensical move. So yeah. in terms of backstage pump up routine, and again, it depends on your physique. You know, are you someone that you 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 are already very pumped up? Meaning, like you, 
like pumping up actually hurts your look on stage because it hurts your mobility to get into your posing properly. Because we've all had clients that are, let's call it overly muscled, you know, to where yeah. if they get a pump up in their shoulders, they can't get the wrist back to show their rear, rear double properly, you know? Yeah. So that comes with knowing your athletes before they get on stage, knowing they're looking, studying their posing picks, trying to figure out, looking at their posing picks from fresh in the morning to their posing picks when they're coming out of the gym with a pump, knowing those little intricate details. But generally, okay, I like to do something like a, a non-stimulant pump product right around, you know. Okay, you do. 25, yeah, 25 to 30 minutes before going on stage. Now, I'll either do that or I'll do like a dose of Cialis in the morning or sometimes I'll do both. Like someone like me, I need to do everything I can to get a pump on stage because I'm tall and lanky. I need to do everything I can to make it look like I'm more muscular than I am. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to, I do Cialis in the morning. I do a pump, a non-stem pump product like Vasoblast from Granite, very 10. Um, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> little dag there. Uh, and then, um, you know, depending on what your coach has you eating, like I like the Rice Krispie treats. I like, um, Nutri-Grain bars, I like something that's, you know, pretty fast digesting to give you a carbohydrate source to help encourage the pump. And I usually have them sprinkle two or three things, of, uh, turns on the salt shaker on the on the Rice Krispie Treat or in their hand, put it down the hatch. And then I like to follow it up with like between 200 and 300 milliliters of water, okay? And I think yeah. this is an area where a lot of people kind of um, – People that just restrict water completely before going on stage, I think that's why they end up flat because you're also oh, discounting absolutely. the effect of, well, yeah, you're discounting the effect of as soon as you start flexing and pumping those muscles, you're burning and yeah. you're evaporating water out of your body, out of your system. So I think you need to make sure you're kind of a little slightly overhydrated so that when you do start posing and flexing, um, you have something to pose and flex, right? Yeah. Yeah. That and would be like an up. ideal, an ideal thing, you know, to... Yeah, just it's almost like they have that little extra storage, and then you just suck it in under the skin, you know, hundred percent. And and then you also, you know, we're talking about pumping up. Just by doing those muscular contractions, you're burning a little bit, right? You're you're going through some of that. And in terms of timing, you know, if it's a local state show, I mean, ideally, I think you want to time it about seven to ten minutes before you're yep. trying to get on stage, right? Um, at a national show. Like I was telling all my athletes, you know, because they, they have all the athletes backstage and, you know, there's a group that's just about to go on stage. That's the next class. And then there's a lineup that's in the hole or on deck. And then there's a lineup in the hole. And I tell them, look, don't even start pumping up until you are literally on deck or, or, or you're, the, you're the next one to go on stage. Like, because when there's 30 people in a class and they're still going through the, you know, class C, uh, the second call outs, the third call outs, that's when you start pumping up because you still have seven to 10 minutes at that point. Yeah. I would say the the backstage, the pump up, you know, I, I assume like you're using a band, right? You're going to have a, a band, yeah, band back there with band. you. Yeah. And and I would say for me simply, I would I would focus on what are we focusing on? Chest, shoulders. Um, you know what I really like to do? Biceps. I really like to do mm -hmm. an upright row. And I feel like mm -hmm. the upright row hits my bicep. I noticed in the gym, mm -hmm. if I do an upright row, which is an exercise I don't Same. normally do. But if I do an upright mm -hmm. row, everything up top just gets full mm -hmm. and I don't want to take mm -hmm. it so far to the point that I'm like you know, like locked up swollen you know right you just mm -hmm. want to be able to squeeze the muscle and to be able to feel the muscle when you squeeze it you know and so mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll run through those things start with some push-ups go to some whatever lateral raises go to some upright rows go to some biceps and then maybe some mm -hmm. back 
and then put the band down and I'm only doing, you know, whatever it takes, just start to get that feeling and then put yeah. the band down and then run through my poses. Cause I think for me, mm -hmm. it, it's really important that I then like feel everything. So I'll run through all my poses and maybe I'm even going to close my eyes back there. And I just want to kind of mm -hmm. tune everything out and just have peace for a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, at the time, last show I did, I didn't have box breathing, breathing in my life yet, but I would totally do box breathing today. If 100%, I had that, you know, no question mm -hmm. I would do that. Then from there, hit those poses, take a sip of water and repeat the process. And I'm right with you about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And as far mm -hmm. as, you know, you see people with the candy and all that stuff backstage. The only thing I'm really concerned about at that point, because we, we may have used like we're going to probably be timing that up like rice cake every 30 minutes or whatever else. Like and that. to make sure you get mm -hmm. that salt in like like, you know, Nick had chips with him. We did a serving. Yeah. That was the game plan was have a serving of chips mm -hmm. probably about 25 minutes out somewhere mm -hmm. in there. So we kind of have everything we need. But I do want to make sure that my blood sugar isn't going to drop, you know going out there because that's the worst freaking feeling if you get a low blood sugar oh. attack ever like you can't feel anything so i'm probably gonna I, have i got something a story small. about that okay i'm probably gonna have something that small oh no shit but i'll probably have something wow. small there just to take like a bite of in between all of this mm -hmm. and by the time that we get up there i'm ready to go and you know real newbie thing i'm gonna keep something on my feet to try to separate myself from the ground, you know, so that yep, I can, yep. I can make sure that I can keep myself insulated because the ground is colder. Mm -hmm. It's going to cool you down. Yes. And then you just kick those 100%. off, you know, and, and no matter what everybody else is. Yeah. And no matter what everybody else is doing in line, you know, once they're like, okay, yeah. they call you over the curtain. A lot of times people are like, okay, they stop, you know, I'm just going to mm -hmm. keep up with my mm -hmm. routine and do what I want to do. The exact same thing. I'm going to bring my water with me. I'm going to bring my band with me, maybe even bring a half a rice cake with me. And I'm going to keep that mm -hmm. process up until it's actually time. Last second, you're exactly mm -hmm. right. Just kick your flip flops off and go. So what happened? Um, so I had an athlete who did really, really well. Um, you did. Who, you did. You, you had a previous had, look. Okay. This is a guy. Uh, I had a girl that won a pro card. She looked awesome. Um, and I had a guy who he exceeded even our our best look scenario in terms of fullness, dryness, his best look of his life. And if you looked at him five years ago, you'd be like, this guy's never going to be a bodybuilder. He's never going to be. He's, You know what I mean? It's one of those that we believed in each other. And, yeah. and, and uh, so we were really, you know, we were pushing the food. We were pushing the growth hormone and we were pushing the insulin uh, to keep the blood sugar proper so we could keep feeding him the next meal. And then towards the night, uh, the, right backstage, he'd been hanging out back there for a couple hours because they tell you to come back so early and then the thing drags on. And he had pl had plenty of food, but all of a sudden he texts me and he's and I'm, I'm sitting in the stands and he goes, hey, just testing my blood sugar because I started sweating. I'm 55 right now. Oh, and I go, shit. I'll be back. I'll be back in two minutes. So I ran and I got some quick candy and I got a soda. And of course, while I'm running, I'm shaking the soda and then kind of trying to open it to get some of the carbonation out yeah, at the same yeah. time. Because the last thing you want to do is give an athlete a fully carbonated soda Chug before this. they go on stage. <laughs> Talk about bloat, right? Yeah. So so I'm shaking it, letting carbonation out, shaking it. And I get backstage and he's like, yeah, I tested again. I'm 52. And I'm like, all right, calm down. We're going to fix this. We're fine. We're, yeah. we're totally fine. And I think part of, part of that is being calm gives the yep. athlete that you know because i've been super low before and, and not like this was like rock bottom but i've been low before and it's, it's an easy fix you just got to relax don't get more adrenaline don't get more hype right. about it so we just did you know a couple hands full small handful of m&ms and like maybe four quick chugs of of the the coke and yeah. within you know eight minutes he was back up to like 77 
and then back up to like 87. Yeah, like, we're good. Just keep checking your blood sugar every 20 minutes. Let me know if you feel, you know, you're sweating again or you, you get a little hypo. And, um, and either way, it, it produced his best look that uh, we had had. That was the one I would call it slip up. But that's the benefit of having your coach there or um, oh, yeah. at least a coach in contact with you the day of the show that has a quick answer for, okay, this is what we do. And we're not going to throw away the look. We're going we're gonna to keep the same look, but we're just going to fix this slight issue. So now you know the formula moving forward. You just have to get them down to 50 and then give them M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be set to go. Well, every yeah. time. <laughs> well, well, so this is the night show because the day show, the morning show went off without a hitch. Everything went perfectly for him. Yeah. Um, and I know people, people are probably interested in this, um, you know, about growth hormone loading because I've talked about this in the past. Yeah. And a lot of people, they, they pull their growth hormone out completely. They're very scared of, you know, holding any water on it. It, it just comes down to knowing the food sources and, and, and knowing that the athlete doesn't hold water. But we did, um, the, so I had him do a pump workout the day before the show. And the same pump workout he did on the, 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 the Thursday before the show because it yeah. worked so well. And I wanted to replicate everything we were doing, just come in and just touch folder. And we did six units of GH in the morning, six units of GH post-workout, and then six more units before bed. And then the morning of the show, we used six units of, of GH. So he went no through, kidding. what's that, 24 within, 24 units within, you know, 20 hours of getting on stage or so. Yeah. And, yeah. um, we made him look as 3D as we possibly could, obviously utilizing insulin at the same time with that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think if, if you have a coach that knows how to u- utilize GH and insulin, you can produce your best look and not have to pull it out. You know, because I know a lot of athletes are scared. They're scared to run it because they don't think they're going to get as dry. But then they're also, they end up showing up on stage, losing some of that fullness that they had in their progress pictures a week or so out because sure. they broke their growth hormone completely. So Sure. Yeah, I, I think it would really depend on the person, you know, but I, I can Absolutely. totally see where you're coming with that. That's crazy, man. That's that's wild. Yeah. I was going to ask you something else related to that, but it just it slipped my mind. But that's OK, because we had a lot of stuff on this yeah. episode. This was good. So congratulations, Absolutely. by the way, to your client who got her pro card. That was freaking awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was one that we were really I had my mind in my mind. I knew we were going to get it or. I really thought we should get it yeah. because this is a girl who got four, uh, sixth place at nationals last year. And then we made a lot of the improvements they were looking for. But in the process, we actually kind of over her. We just became so centered on getting those diamond cuts in the glutes because yeah. that's what they asked for. But we actually, she's already a small girl. She was 90, 98 pounds on stage at nationals. She was like 90 pounds on stage at junior USA's, which wow. is Looking back on it now, we I got a little aggressive with the dieting. But the thing is, this diet was so easy for her this year compared okay. to the past. We just kept on rolling with it. But then we, we brought her on stage about 94 pounds okay. and um, still, still kept the conditioning right where we wanted it in the glutes, but filled out her shoulders more. And nice. she was immediately moved to the middle. And it was a, a very easy, quick and turn around and see ya, So Nice, man. Yeah, she looked fantastic. In fact, get a picture so thank that you. while we're talking about this, I can I can throw that up in the, oh, okay. in the edited cool, version thank you. of this. Yeah, no, of course, man. Absolutely. So I don't think I told you, but, you know, later that night after the show, you know, so, you know, Nick had never competed in classic before. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, did the state level show and, uh, you know, totally cleaned up. And then he came here to Universe, and he ended up uh, taking second place. He was just one place yes. off. Oh, I saw him. I from saw winning him. his pro card, and mm-hmm. you know, we. I mean, so his mind was blown first of all because he mm-hmm. went from being a light heavyweight bodybuilder that would always come in small because all the other guys are like a foot shorter than him, right? And yeah, you know, yeah. now he goes to basically they move him to the middle. So his mind was blowing. He had, you know, time of his life this season. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, he, he let me know what was going on. And then um, maybe 11 or 12 at night, maybe it was even six the next morning. He said, hey, I was thinking about it. You know that Masters Nationals is coming up, yes. you know, at the end of the month. Absolutely. So he's absolutely he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna push through for it. So we're gonna do you know, Masters he, he, Nationals. He, he, he's in the Masters class, but he doesn't have national skin. He doesn't have you know he doesn't have that or national Masters. like his. I'm sorry, ma- you said um, yeah, national sorry. skin. He, yes, you're right. He's in the yeah. Masters. He's doing Masters Nationals, but he doesn't have that Masters skin or some of the yeah. things that you start to see as people get older. Like he still has a, such a fresh look. His waist. I'm, I'm telling you, I could stand in front of me. I put my thumb up like this, and I'm like, dude, I can't even see your waist right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like, only from like ten feet away. Yeah. Um, he's just got a great taper, and and uh, yeah, I wish you guys the best of luck. I think he'll do really well again. Thank you. Yeah. So he's he's going to be hidden to that one. Uh, I'm excited for him, man, because we have enough time too. He can, you know, he's a guy who he he doesn't get that like the he's more like in the, the Jay Cutler level of conditioning. Like he doesn't get the veininess that like we're talking about hottie earlier. He hasn't had yeah. the hottie look even at like his absolute most peeled. And then he's, he's lost some of that look when he's gotten absolutely peeled too. So he's, we're pushing him harder now because I know he can be a little bit tighter I from agree. there, you know, and I, I think that that will only benefit him and we'll see what happens, man. But just imagine having, Having thought like he was going to do basically he was going to do that show for fun. And then when we realized he could get into classic, I mean, the the whole game changed. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for Absolutely. him. It's going to be cool. Yeah, you guys should be should be excited. All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, thanks for watching. And of course, uh, check out our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings on high quality third party tested supplements. Uh, they've got all basically everything that you need, anything that you get from them. Use our code. It helps to support the show directly. Uh, same with uh, supplementsource.ca. Let them know that we sent you, and they've got great deals that change week to week. And, you know, of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. We, were, we could get a bunch of Patreon questions on here. I'll put up another thread soon so we can get questions for the next show. And uh, for another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear, go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew for coaching there. And you can go to me, uh, hit me up at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you. Skip's not with us again. We, we're skipless, although he had something come up, I guess. I don't know. We'll find out after we get off yeah. the show. But we'll be getting Skip back, I'm sure of that. You can go to teamskip.com if you want to reach out to Skip for coaching. Guys, we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you.